welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome everyone back to Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. My name is Tracy Callahan and I'm here with Deborah. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and are in a great start off to the new year of 2023. Today, Deb and I are going to talk a little bit about something that we find very common in our practices and discussions with divorce coaches. Um, And it just so happens that it is a really important topic because we have our scheduled book club, uh, the DCA book club on January 25th, uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are reading John Ackoff's book, Soundtracks. So what I really want to talk about today with you, Deb, is this concept of analysis, paralysis, perfectionism, and the pitfalls of overthinking. Because John's book is all about overthinking. And he did a study with like 10,000 people he interviewed and explored what happens in the overthinking process and how to combat it. So so if you haven't had a chance to check it out, one of the things that is really exciting about our book club, if you haven't ever participated, is it's free, right? And it's our opportunity to continue to build community within the divorce coaching community, right? And, and sharing experiences and having a centered focus of conversation. So obviously we're throwing out ideas and books to read on a monthly basis, but it is not a prerequisite for attending book club. So even if you missed the opportunity to read it or haven't finished a book that's scheduled for that month, then that's okay. We'd love for you to jump on in and and join in our conversation um, about those topics. So overthinking. One of the things that caught me right off the bat, Deb, when I was looking at this, when I started this book was... John's reference to music, right? He started talking Guns N' Roses and uh, County Crows and sharing this whole experience about music and how music plays soundtracks that continuously stay in our minds and that we we play them over and over and over again. And this concept of overthinking, very similar, hence the title soundtracks. Right. Um, soundtracks that, you know, when I was younger, or when I get hooked on a song, even I will put it on repeat, 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 right? It creates that like, neural pathway. Um, But one of the other things he says in the book is that the, the trouble with this soundtrack that you have on repeat in your head is that overthinking makes you feel stuck. Yeah. And when you're stuck, that means you don't act. Yes. And one of the things, right, we do as divorce coaches is help people be 
action oriented. So we know in our head that being action oriented as people, as humans is what we want to do. But when we get stuck in overthinking, our feet are just anchored. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and both for ourselves, as I said earlier in our own practices, as well as the work that we do with clients. I mean, it is not an uncommon occurrence to see clients caught in their own overthinking in regards to what's going to happen. What if I do this? What if I don't do this? And all of this thinking that prevents them from taking the action. Absolutely. So, so it's such an important topic, both for ourselves as professional practicing divorce coaches in our own practices as well as the work that we do with clients. So it's really a, a two-prong attack here as we explore this concept. Exactly. Well, you know, I think when we coach, we always coach ourselves a little bit as well. But um, so let's talk about some of the causes of overthinking, right? One can be rigid thinking, which we can think of like black or white. But what that means in terms of like coaches getting stuck in making decisions is that maybe they're thinking, well, there's only two ways this can go, succeed or fail. Yes. Right. No gray. No gray. No gray. Perfectionism, you mentioned earlier, right? Perfectionists like to be in control. Mm -hmm. They like to control the outcome. So they're kind of risk averse. So mm -hmm. perfectionism can cause overthinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People that have a tendency to be people pleasers like to go ask for a lot of input. And what happens when you get too many opinions? Yes. <laughs> that can lead to a lot of overwhelm, which adds to getting stuck. Then there's lack of confidence when we don't trust ourselves. And finally, decision fatigue. When you're starting a new business, especially when you've just gotten your certification and you're just getting started, we can get overwhelmed simply by the number of decisions that need to be made, right? Yep. Yep. And, and, and I think it's so, it, it's so simply stated is that when we don't control our thoughts, our thoughts control us. And we linger in that sort of vortex of inaction. Our clients linger in that vortex of inaction. And we know if you want to get someplace, you got to take the action to do it. So it's not only envisioning it, thinking about it, building that vision, but then trusting ourselves and just doing, having the clients trust themselves and just do it. Yeah, just do it. So if you find yourself feeling stuck, feeling paralyzed, um, unable to make decisions, what can you do? Well, first of all, recognize it, right? Be self-aware. Why am I procrastinating this decision? Why am I not taking action when I know I should be? Yeah. Right? If you have a tendency to have rigid thinking, give yourself permission to be messy, mm -hmm. to be imperfect, mm -hmm. to be flexible about it. Right. Remind to, yourself, right. To really honor that growth mindset, right? We yes. talk about sort of that fixed mindset versus that growth mindset. And a growth mindset is really honoring that, yeah, we might screw it up, right? right? The first time you do a podcast, the first time you give a speech, the first time you work out, the first time mm -hmm. you do anything, right? 
it's expected that it is not going to be as great as the hundredth time you did it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but from one to a hundred, right. That ability to have a growth mindset that just because where you started something doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up. Right. And not being mobilized by that fear, right. Reminding yourself that you have the courage, the strength to, to go and, and try, right. Yes. Moving past our own thoughts that constrain us from being able to accomplish what it is that we think we want to accomplish. Yes. Yes. We talk about resilience a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. And so let's also talk about this idea of visioning Mm -hmm. because we have to also limit or at least be aware and cautious of how much forecasting we're doing. Because if we're doing forecasting that feels too fixed or feels too far in the future, that can feed into some of these other risk averse things with perfectionists, starting to ask more opinions, right? Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. contribute to that. So again, back to that more flexible mindset of Brene Brown has a great podcast where she talks about I think it's on the um, unlocking us, but she talks about, I can't say the real word, effing first times. <laughs> she talks about anytime you try something new, you are, you are going to mess it up. So what if you went in with that attitude? Yeah. I'm probably going to do this wrong, but guess what? At least I'm doing it. Yep. Right. What if we just went in with that attitude? Yep. Yeah. And, and John really in the book, one of the things that really caught me is he stated, if you can worry, you can wonder if you can doubt, you can dominate. And if you can spin, you can soar. Right. So, so saying that it it kind of feeds off that concept of the firsts, Mm -hmm. right. If we're sort of worried, right. Yeah. We can wonder, Right. Allowing ourselves to expand past that and embrace that growth process gets us to step two, because being stuck in step one, especially we we talk about this dab with new coaches. Right. The idea of what is my logo going to be? Right. Which should my website look like? Okay, well, I've talked to all these people and 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 I'm trying to find all of these different ideas and 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 the language in that process stuck. Mm -hmm. Stuck, stuck in an action, stuck in that overthinking about mm-hmm. it. Instead of sort of saying, okay, just because I designed my website doesn't mean that's always going to be what my website is going to look like, right? right. What's your starter? What's your foundation? Where are you going with this? Okay, so maybe you pick some colors that feel good to you, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe six months, a year down the road, you want to add another color. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and two questions come to mind. Number one, what is the cost if I continue to delay making this decision? Mm-hmm. Because make no mistake, delaying these decisions by being stuck in overthinking is costing you something. Absolutely. It's costing you something. You haven't 
launched your practice. You haven't put that new program or package out there. You haven't made that phone call. You haven't done the thing. So your your delay, your anal- your your analysis paralysis party is costing you something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing, the next question that I would encourage you to ask yourself is, what's the worst thing? This is what you said. My website might not always look like this, right? What's the worst thing that could happen if this choice turns out not to be the right one for me in the future, mm-hmm. right? So what is this costing me to delay this decision? And what's the worst thing that could happen if this turns out to be eh, yeah. not the right thing a year from now? Yeah. Which, which is really the next question is what are you afraid of? Right. Right. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Are you afraid that the color of your website might not attract people? Are you afraid of launching? Are you afraid of what it actually means when you put that out there and now say, Hey, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm taking clients. Right. So, so I don't know. Are are you afraid if you use the wrong Instagram template? That you're going to lose $10,000 in clients. I mean, put words to that. What is really stopping you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then that's sort of that reality testing that we often engage in with clients, right? Reality testing ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Sort of deeping, diving a little deeper on our own soundtracks, on our own thought processes that are inhibiting us from moving forward. What's happening for us? What is there? Is there some underlying fears? Is there some underlying concerns? Do I, am I engaging in imposter syndrome? Right. So when we talk about with clients all the time, right, we help support them in thinking about their thinking. Yes. Right. It's one of the things that we often say as divorce coaches, we support clients thinking about their thinking and, and perhaps we don't spend enough time thinking about our own thinking in regard to overthinking, (laughs) (laughs) which sounds crazy. I know this sounds crazy, right? (laughs) But it is, it is so true, right? And so I, I love this question. We have to ask ourselves, what am I afraid of? And then the same process we go through with our clients, which is, okay, well, he asked three questions, the three questions that we're all familiar with when you are trying to answer something like that with, you know, I'm afraid this will happen. I'm afraid that will happen. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Mm-hmm. Right. He, we put everything through those three filters first. But then, you know, the follow-up too is, is there a resource or is there information that I'm missing to make this decision? Am I not trusting myself? Mm-hmm. Is it is it a confidence issue that I don't trust myself to make the decision? Or is there information I need? Absolutely. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And 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 I think one of the other things that's really important is not only the the cost time in terms of how much space we're allowing to, you know, to take this up, that's pulling away from the time that we can in creating the actions, but, but sort of taking a step back. And also we we talked about the vision and making sure the real, the vision is realistic, but how are there themes 
in these processes, right? Often we, there's a lot of connect the dots that can be going on in, in terms of the themes of our soundtracks, right? Both personally and professionally. And as a coach, I think it's easy to sort of recognize some of those themes in our clients, Mm-hmm. right? A, a, a fear of identity loss, right? That theme is attached to the parenting plan to whether I get the house or not, right? What am I going to do in terms of what are people going to think about me where I was part of this social status and now I'm not going to be, right? So there's often themes that sort of connect throughout this, the the thread that connects through there's a lot of sometimes themes that happen with us professionally in terms of our own work, right? Mm-hmm. And, and really kind of drilling down and acknowledging that and and taking a, a, a deeper look at it in terms of how that's showing up for ourselves with the ability to trust ourselves, mm-hmm. right? To remind ourselves that we are capable, that we can do this. But to address, when we're able to address the theme of those soundtracks, right? Like, so my theme and my music, all you have to do is look at my Spotify. Although I like Lasha genres, right? I'm a grunge girl. I'm going to admit it, right? I love grunge music. I am a Pearl Jam Nirvana. I'll show my (laughs) age, right? I didn't grow up on the West Coast. I did grow up on the East Coast. But so themes, right? There's themes that we play over and over again that resonate with us. So what is the theme that's happening in your own overthinking and your own perfectionism? Yeah, I think being, being able to identify that is step one. Right. The the other thing I think comes into play a lot when people, especially when they're trying to launch, um, stop looking at other people on Instagram, right? You're looking at somebody that the whole comparison thing I think can contribute yeah. to this paralysis. And that is, I want you to remind yourself that you are looking at somebody that's had their practice for five years or that is on their 5,000th Instagram reel. So you don't want to look at somebody's, you know, finished product (laughs) when you haven't even stepped onto the assembly line yet. And yet you're trying to look at them and measure yourself against that. So, you know, I guess I just... And 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 to that point, Deb, also comparing apples to apples, right? Mm-hmm. So I, Tracy Callahan, who everybody knows, does not have a social media game because I invest my energy in a grassroots marketing initiatives, right? If I look at some fellow coaches and they have, you know, Deb included, you know, these amazing posts that have like thousands of views, I'm like, damn, I suck, but I really don't suck. I just don't put my time and energy to it. It's not part of my practice and my goals in the work that I do as determined by me. Right. And that comparison piece, Mm -hmm. it's really important. Yet Deb and I equally have 
good exposure, same amount of clients, same amount of outcome in terms of revenue, yet we just approach it differently. So not only not looking at somebody on the social media game as you're just starting and going, oh my God, how is it that I have like two likes and they have hundreds likes and what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. As well as the person who just doesn't post every week, who doesn't put that much time and energy to it. Mm -mm. It's okay. Right. And that's, you know, I guess if we can close with, with one thought, and I think we may have mentioned this in about, oh, 112 of our last podcasts, but it is, we really want every coach out there to be completely grounded in the fact that you are doing things just the way you are supposed to. Yes. The There are so many families that need help and they are looking for, if you're Butter Pecan and Tracy's Rocky Road, and I'll tell you, I'm probably plain vanilla. Um, they're looking for that flavor. So you don't want to be like somebody else. They're looking for exactly who you are. So just do that. Right. You can't decide on a logo because you're not sure which one would appeal to. Close your eyes, open them back up real fast. Which of the six on the page did your eye go to? Boom. That's the one you like. So trust yourself and your ability to show up as you. That is the most important thing. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and, and allowing yourself to be creative. You know, it's one of the things that uh, I really was taking away from some of the introductory pages I've read in John's book is the, the, when we, he encourages you not to stop thinking, right? Thinking is an important part of reaching our goals, but changing the thinking process. When that analysis becomes paralysis, when perfectionism and the soundtracks that we're playing in terms of these idealistic, perhaps unachievable goals dominate, they keep us from being expansive, creative, building, innovating, Right. And and the other thing that we talked about, which kind of goes off this concept, Deb, is that we're really pioneering. Mm-hmm. Right. So so there are lots of different flavors. There are lots of people getting divorced. It's something that is not going to change, regardless of whether the numbers go down a little or up a little. We're still going to see a large population of individuals who decide to get married who no longer want to be married. There is work for all of us and our ability to be creative, to innovate, to pioneer in terms of how you do your job as a divorce coach versus how I do my work as a divorce coach. Do I work primarily with clients individually or individuals, coaches we've been talking who are, who are making some inroads with uh, attorney practices. We're pioneering, we're creating this, but as pioneers, we can't sit there and overthink the thought that, am I doing this right? Am I doing this? Never, right? never hit the trail. Yeah. You can't pack your bag and never hit the trail if you're a pioneer. Exactly. You'll never discover new land. You won't discover new land. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we are discovering won't. new stuff. 
But if that analysis keeps you in a paralyzed state, you're not hitting the road. We're not driving the 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 wagons. Yeah. And, and like pioneers, yeah, okay. We might have tried this and it didn't work out the way yeah. I had hoped it would. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are we okay. gonna do now? I'm gonna turn the buggy around and take the other route. So um just want to wind up and remind you that book club is 7 p.m. Eastern time, Wednesday, January 25th, and it's free. So we do that on purpose because we just want to hang out with you. So sign up. You just need to sign up. It's free um, to get the Zoom link. That's it. And um, so we hope to see you there. And thanks for joining us this week. Glad to hang out with you. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.